The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hour two, Chuck Oliver show on a Wednesday and oh, what fun. We're talking college football. It's what we do. Hour one, that's certainly what we did. Appreciate um, Heath Klein rolling dice to the stars. Booking today's guest, including William Quackenbush, good friend of ours from 105.5 The Roar, yonder in Clemson. And we talked a little bit about recruiting and philosophically where uh, Dabo is. He has made changes to what was hard and fast with him. And I have all the assistants I could ever need. They're on my analyst staff. And they're people we have growed up through the program. Mm, Not really anymore. Same thing regarding the portal, at least a little bit. So, covered all that with William. Talked with Andrew Spivey again from Gator Country. Uh, huge opportunities today. That's what we'll call this. Huge opportunities for um, Billy Napier and the Gators. And it is a formality to this point with one of them, DJ Lagway, the giant quarterback recruit. It is a formality to this point. But... Um, it is not a formality with the other uh, giant um, recruit that they're waiting to get the uh, signature from uh, a little later in the day. So we will keep you up to date on all of that going on with signing day. I want to welcome on right now 247 Sports National College Football writer Brad Crawford. Brad, welcome to the program. How you doing? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I was I was going to say the next 24 hours, really the next 12 hours are imperative for, for Billy Napier to hang on to these big three five stars he's got in this class including his quarterback lagway i mean right now that this class at florida is number 10 nationally it was number three a few weeks ago before that five star flip his top cornerback to texas on monday so we're, we're talking about the future of billy napier in gainesville probably being decided man uh by the end of the day or by the end of the week yeah, and we'd mentioned uh, a little earlier in hour one lj mccray the defensive lineman lagway apparently is a done deal and it's there's just going to have a ceremony a little later in the day uh but i said that there were two things that he's done right it's been getting commitments and it's been figuring out graham mertz um then there's everything else like the defense like the tackling like keeping etn in the program um hiring if you have an opinion about that because he's had to retool the staff a little bit um just give me the overview of where he is right now because it's getting harder not easier even at uf uh, ou texas coming in georgia's not slowing down this is this is not a good situation it certainly doesn't look like a guy who will be entering year three no, 11 and 14 on the field the last two years. He's playing a schedule next season that includes 11 Power 5 opponents, including UCF and Miami in the non-con. Think about that, man. Florida's 2024 schedule is, is brutal for a coach. I consider to be on the SEC's hottest seat probably after Christmas. But, yeah, this, this cycle is, he's, I mean, it's critical for Napier to land a top 10 class. You, you mentioned uh, L.J. McCray, you know, five-star defensive lineman. We have him at number six overall player in the country at 24-7 sports. If he's able to sign D.J. Lagway, but he loses L.J. McCray and maybe another one, you know, th- this class is going to fall outside of the top ten with without too many potential 
superstars in it. So uh, Napier, we knew he could recruit at Louisiana. He he did so at Alabama as an assistant under Nick Saban, and he's doing so at Florida. But Florida hasn't done a great job in the portal. They they haven't done a great job on the field. And right now, it's kind of hard to sell. Hey, we're a national title contender if you're yep. a Gators coach on the recruiting trail. All right, well, go a little further out west there uh, to Florida State. And I, I know everybody is disappointed there, but do give me – maybe it's just your opinion. Um, give me your level of the the legit outrage in Tallahassee and how much of this is just extended theater for the fans and maybe building a legal case against the ACC. I don't know. Um, I saw that it was, it was verbalized quote, Florida state has had renewed in-depth discussions about its long-term future in the ACC. Um, that is a nothing statement to me that I already knew that they were not happy being there. Is there anything of substance happening in Tallahassee or is this just a shaken fist at God? Yeah, until FSU can get out of that $150 million grant of rights deal, man, it, it's it, it's not going to happen. FSU is not the only ACC program, by the way, trying to get out. No. Clemson, UNC, others are too. But, you know, this is the flavor of the month. That this, this happened two weeks ago. Florida State got screwed by the committee, and they are using their time at the podium with the microphone, so to speak, to um, just kind of, you know, pound their angry fist and punch walls at the ACC, and I will say that if Florida State loses number one safety K.J. Bolden today to Georgia, that would be a massive, massive loss for Mike Norvell and and this top five class he's got coming in. All right, let's go way down south because this was, you know, speaking of not looking like you're going into year three, um, this was not supposed to be where the Hurricanes were uh, with Mario right now, especially, I mean, if they were going to lose Tyler Van Dyke, I thought it would be to the NFL draft after last season. They're losing him to Wisconsin after this season. Um, Give me your flyover where that program is right now. Yeah, I think inside the program, Tyler Van Dyke may have been told, hey, we're in the Cam Ward sweepstakes. We've got money to spend. And we'd rather go after the top quarterback in the portal than, than have you back as a three-year starter next season. That's what I think may have happened. You know, Miami right now is one of the trending teams to potentially flip the number one player in the country, Jeremiah Smith, the five-star wideout, who we think is going to Ohio State. If Miami is able to flip him today and they're able to sign Cam Ward, the Washington State quarterback, that threw for 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns this season, then that's a sexy offense next year for Crystal Ball. But as you mentioned in the lead-up, first two years – he has failed to live up to expectations, and that's with one of college football's top collectives. So Miami has money to spend, but it's not showing up on the field right now. All right, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Dylan Riola yesterday or a couple of days ago made news when it was official he was going to Nebraska. I mean, we baked in all of the context there and said, folks, this one is not like all the others. Uh, sure. But there was conversation even in the weeks leading up to it um tell me if we're just picking nits because i've heard he's a big guy and he's got a great deep arm but then there's shortcomings uh people started to find warts on rayola tell me what you think rule and nebraska are getting yeah i think they're, they're they're getting a you know possible face of the program and if you're a nebraska fan right now it's okay to overhype rayola and and be super excited because look for the first time in essentially two decades, you're, you're happy on signing day. This is the top-rated yeah. player that Nebraska has, has ever signed, and Georgia was not going to match any kind of NIL offer on Rayola. I mean, you see the Bulldogs lost Rayola, still had the nation's number one class. That, that's, that's how stacked that this 2024 group is. But, yeah, if I'm a Nebraska fan. I'm, I'm excited, but I will say this. The two issues right now is 
what do you have to put around Dylan Rayola? And then Marcus Satterfield, an offensive coordinator that really the last few seasons at South Carolina and now Nebraska um, hasn't been worth the salary. Wrap it up, Brad Crawford, 247 Sports National College Football Writer. Okay, I, I kind of laughed about it. In the moment, we laughed about it. I was like, does neither Jimbo nor Nick Saban realize that buying players is a pretty good route to go these days? Like, they were fighting <laughs> over it. Um, I said in the previous segment, I'm an Auburn grad. I was like, suddenly my school's gone savage on buying kids. Uh, Falk last year, uh, apparently maybe one of the Gator recruits. I'd heard they were playing footsie with K.J. Bolden. Um, give me your your just impression of Auburn and their name because you mentioned Florida State and you talk about a program that got theirs fixed. Uh, talk about the difference in Auburn's name image likeness efforts now versus maybe a year year and a half ago. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised that that Hugh Freeze hasn't dipped into the portal and gotten a quarterback right now to compete with Peyton Thorne next season. You know, from everybody I've, I've talked to on the Plains, the Tigers are um, they're okay moving forward with Peyton Thorne and they're gonna quote allocate some of that NIL money elsewhere instead of signing a, a high-end quarterback out of the portal. And that being said, you know, there, there's still a second portal cycle to go. Um, after spring practice, if Hugh Freeze does not like what he has in position, I think Auburn makes a move there. But as we saw last season uh, with Alabama, man, there, there might not be any big-name quarterbacks left if you don't get one right now. So I think it's a very interesting time on the Plains. And you know, had they beat New Mexico State, I think year one for Hugh Freeze would have been deemed a raging success. Last kid I want to ask you about, and I'm going to apologize if he's, he's announced anywhere, but Evan Stewart, um, I'm always suspicious about wide receivers because you even see some all-time greats. It takes him half a season, maybe a season. Evan Stewart sure. showed up. I was like, this kid can play. Um, do you know where he's going to land? Is that decided? Yeah, he's the real deal. No, he, he he hasn't named any finalists yet either. You know, they're in a do not contact period right now. We know that that's a that's a laugher though. But um, yeah, he's number two overall player in the portal. I think he's a wide receiver one at any program nationally that that doesn't sign Jeremiah Smith. But um, he's going to fetch probably you know high end NIL. But I was told this morning that actually his top priority is going to a program that gets him ready for the. NFL, not necessarily the highest bidder. So I think you, you could see Alabama and Texas. Those are the two programs that I would circle that eventually try and land Evan Stewart. All right, brother. I appreciate the insight. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, man. All right, Brad Crawford, 247. It's, there's a, it's a market. It is. It's prices rising or falling, and it's your budget. We'd mentioned the money ball. Did, I'm going to just speak out – do y'all see Moneyball? Did y'all see the movie Moneyball? Um, we have this much to spend. We need this outcome. We need a major league roster with 25 guys on it who can produce these results, but we have this much money to spend. We talk with our friend Dave Bartu every Tuesday, and he said he was the, he's the only first, and to his knowledge, the only uh, person to ever Moneyball a college football staff. Dave, we want to hire you to do what? Everything. We've got, I don't know, 7.1, 6.8, 10.3 million dollars. We need the best staff we can put together, one through ten, all of them for this money. Okay, well for this money, here's the combination. People are moneyballing their college roster now, and I will. I talked about this. What is today? Wednesday? Was it yesterday or maybe two uh, Monday? South Carolina, God bless them, and I mean that. 
but as it was put to me, they were, quote, looking under couch cushions for money to keep Spence Rattler. Okay, he's a quarterback and a really, really good one who that kid busted his tail and took a beating for his troubles this year. So they made the right choice, and he paid off. He was like, you pay me, I'll stay, and I'll be even better, which every kid would say. I'll be even better. And I was like, yes, all right, got that right. My understanding is they also, they were like, the running back, no, we'll let him go to USC. Uh, the defensive lineman, no, he can go to Oregon. He went to Oregon, right? Yeah, he can, he can go to Oregon. Now, this five-star high school senior, Nick Harbor, all right, that kid we're going to spend some money on, and it was a giant headline. And as far as I know, Nicholas Harbor Five-star kid, he's like 6'5", I don't know, 235. Broad at the shoulders, narrow at the hips. (laughs) Runs really, really fast. Imagine a defensive end like running Olympic sprints. Like, it's an unreal sight. He was a true freshman in the SEC. I think he called 11 passes this year. I'm not paying for that, folks. I'm not. It's a great headline, and if he, I think he's still with the program. I assume he will be with the program, and maybe he turns into a heck of a ball player. Raw, 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 raw. I talked about him during the season. One of the games, maybe it was Mississippi State, it was somebody. They had him lined up bottom of the screen, near side, and I didn't have the coach's copy. I'm watching like everybody else. I ran it back like five times to the ball being snapped because I was like, there's no way that's Nicholas Harbor who caught that because he's lined up in the slot and there wasn't enough time for somebody that big to get that far downfield. And damn, if it wasn't Nick Harbor, like he's an amazing athlete. He had no idea what he was doing on an SEC field and they spent their money on him. Well, there's two things there though, Chuck. One is that you're right. I mean, he is very raw as a receiver and we'll see long-term if that's where he stays or in the case of him, you're talking about a guy who has a track. Yeah. And so part of the issue is he wants to not get bulky to play defensive end because he wants to run track. So once you get past well, the Olympics, <laughs> if he if he knows he's not going to the Olympics, we'll see if he becomes that fearsome pass rusher that maybe people are excited about. But if not, if nothing else, he's getting better as a receiver, growing into the role a little bit. The other thing is, too, they recruit so many kids out of that DMV area. I think it was a combination. You're also paying for the statement you're making sure. in that area yeah. and the kids you may bring down there, too. But you're right. For just impact production, it's not there. Yeah, and I'm telling you, like, it's not that, well, they paid for this freshman and then they missed. No, they didn't miss. He's just, he's a kid. And specifically with South Carolina, I remember Heath and I, we talked before, like, even a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, who... I don't know, is he the best or second or third greatest ever in that program? He didn't show up as a true freshman in week one, whammo. He's out there with 10 catches. and like, It doesn't happen for receivers very often. Not as, not as true freshmen. So Nick Harbour is a kid that you look at it, they didn't miss on him. Uh, they got it right. But it's, if you're talking about impact right now, Florida State got it more right with Keon Coleman. He showed up. He's like, all right, I'm the best receiver on the team, and I'm going to look like it. He's the best receiver on a team that already had good receivers, and then they won all their games, and he was the best receiver on that team. Nick Harbour. Nick Harbour was a kid who about five times this year, I was like, wow. Was that – could he get down there far enough? 
And I just, it was this physical just feat that I was like, somebody that large really shouldn't. And apparently that's his calling card. Hi, I'm Nick Harbour. I'm huge and I run fast. Um, and it stands out, man. But I'd have rather had a guard. <laughs> I'd have rather had some pass rush. Spencer Rattler would have rather had, well, no, he did have tackles. He had two tackles, as a matter of fact, and then he didn't have any tackles. So, at one point, I think they moved the center back out to right tackle, maybe. Boy, what a fruit basket turnover. All right, we're going to take a break. We will come back. Uh, Heath and I continue next. the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show hey, it's a wednesday on the chuck oliver show and it's a wednesday before christmas we will be with you not on Christmas Day, but we will be with you the rest of the time. I'm here all week. Heath's here next week. It's going to be fun. There is a chance that we are all just slightly off regarding the biggest shakeup in college football coaching this offseason. There is a chance that we are just one detail away from the truth. When we are asked, what would be the biggest shakeup in college football coaching? National championship game, whoever wins by whatever score, doesn't matter. What would be the biggest shakeup in college football coaching this season? Well, Nick Saban walking away. Hmm. Because Bama's in the playoffs, there is conversation easy to be found about when and how with Nick Saban. And if he wins the title, does he go palms up and walks away with orange Gatorade on his shirt? Folks. What if Kirby Smart is the monster head coach who walks away after this season, not Saban? I try not to be uh, very casual in my language, but I'm going to go kind of just bottom line here. Coaching college football sucks right now. And you know the truth? Coaching college football already sucked about three or four years ago. Pre-pandemic, it had already gotten to the point where because of recruiting, like the thing that is still here that is now like fifth on the list, go back. If you want a fun exercise, Google your computer. 2019 college football coach burnout recruiting. Article after article after article. Do you know where high school recruiting ranks on a college football coach's list of pain in the backsides right now? Like fifth. I used to teach high school and coach uh, football, but this girl was in one of my classes. She's a stud soccer player. And the school had a big game that day for the county championship. And I was like, ah, big game today. And she kind of looked at me. She was like, I'm going to be honest. She's like, high school season is kind of the break from the club team. She's like, I'm really pushed. On tr- I was like, really? Um, folks, <laughs> recruiting? Recruiting is the walk in the park. I'm talking high school kids. Dealing with a 17-year-old now 
is about fifth. It was what you will find article after article from 2019 and prior about, my gosh, the recruiting, I'm walking away. I'm just going to quit the sport I love because the recruiting is too tough. It's fifth. My goodness. Kirby may palms up, chargers, here I come. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Hey, how's your Wednesday? I don't know if I buy that one, Chuck, just because I, Kirby, there's certain guys that it feels like kind of always have their eye on the pros. I, does he seem like a pro guy? Not at all. Not I, at I, all. And here's the other thing. I agree with you. There are certain guys that I'll even go the other way. The rah-rah part of it that does not play to a 31-year-old NFL vet. Um, there are certain guys that the rah-rah seems it has to be part of their game. I, I, I don't think Kirby would be fish out of water coaching Sundays. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think he could do it. I'm not. It's not so much. I think he could do. It. I just he just doesn't feel to me like a guy who would leave for that life. I I just feel like if he's somebody who wants to leave, he's somebody who's going to leave and just kind of enjoy life. And then, maybe look, you can do that. You can do that. Now, the one I wonder about, Chuck, honestly, if we're going to talk about somebody who might be be looking to leave, something is off at Southern Cal. And look, we we had earlier in the week, obviously Ryan Abraham on to talk to you about it. Um, the number of guys that are leaving now, you've got. Uh, a guy who hasn't lived up to his potential, his hype maybe, but a guy who was uh, the number one defensive lineman in yep. the class and Corey Foreman leaving. I mean, they've had five five-stars leave since the end of the season. Not to go pro, just to leave. Um, I bet something. Kentucky hasn't had five five-stars in their history. Like, of college football history, I bet Kentucky hasn't had five five-stars. Something just feels off over there. And so you wonder, like, is Lincoln looking around and saying, hmm, maybe I could coach Justin Herbert. Maybe, maybe somebody would still talk to me. I wonder about that because something – in Los Angeles just feels off right now. This, this is too much movement. This isn't just a uh, kid got a little frustrated because you're bringing in a transfer quarterback and he's leaving. There's more going on here. This is really weird. Uh, and there are environments where sometimes you're like, look at all that smoke. And then Pete Carroll was coaching the Seahawks. Um, so there are scenarios like that where it does just look too convenient for everybody to just easily move on. Harbaugh, Michigan, maybe. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. It's always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. It is Wednesday on the Chuck Oliver Show. Appreciate everybody coming here for your college football combo. Been doing it since the 14 season started. Want to welcome on right now, man, preparing for a bowl game. 
covering Notre Dame. And uh, they have, again, by record, I would be looking around at this bowl game in previous seasons. Now, getting back a few seasons, but in previous seasons going, gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, Oregon State and Notre Dame, tasty. Well, I'm not sure what any team looks like running out of the tunnel. I'm just talking about who's wearing a uniform and how many kids you have. Um, but again, good for everybody at the Sun Bowl. Want to welcome on right now, good friend of the program, Irish Illustrator 247. It is Tim O'Malley. Tim, welcome back. How you been? Pretty good, Chuck. How are you doing? Uh, oh, we're blessed here. No, no doubt about it. Let's talk about, first of all, just accounting. Um, who of note will not be in the bowl game in addition to Sam Hartman? Yeah, Notre Dame is missing, uh, including NFL opt-outs, um, which is different, of course. Guys like Joe Alt um, going to the NFL, Otter Guestimate going to the NFL. They are missing nine offensive starters, uh, but only three defensive starters. So if you like to bet the ponies and the unders, you think Notre Dame's defense might play pretty well in this game. But uh, they're missing both starting tackles that opted out for the NFL, two true juniors in Joe Alt, who should have, and Blake Fisher, who was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Otter Guestimate, true junior, NFL of course, Sam Hartman. Um, they actually moved on from a couple of guys. They're starting center Zeke Carell of 31 games. They they really like what they have in his backup and Ashton Craig. So Zeke Carell hit the portal. Um, those are the those are the headliners. Now three wide receivers, as you might know, hit the portal as well. Yep. They were technically three starters at one point. Uh, Rico Flores is the big hit because he was a freshman that was really coming on, and he left. Chris Tyree was a converted running back senior. He left for Virginia. And Tobias Merriweather, who was kind of got a bench for Tiger, or excuse me, for Flores during the year, he also left, and I, I think Cal. So they have four healthy scholarship receivers, and then two guys coming back from injury for the game, and uh, two new tackles to debut for their first time starting. One freshman, one redshirt freshman. It looks like so. Offense is brand new, and of course, a redshirt freshman quarterback. Defense is going to look very familiar to people, though. Eight of the 11 guys that were there all year for Al Golden's really good unit are playing. So one of the benefits that when the opt-out of the bowl game was originally just for some elite kids, I was like, well, here's the benefit is that it forces the coach. He's going to get a four-quarter you know, tryout of the next year's talent against a real live opponent. That's not even true because Riley Leonard's going to be the quarterback next year. Um, so tell me how you get the motivation up because it used to be, you know, who's motivated and where's the game and whatever else. Now, like even the kids who get the opportunity, is it just to get game tape for another program? Yeah, that, that's the quandary at quarterback. Now, it did happen last year. With, uh, Drew Pine left in December. They knew they were getting Sam Hartman, or we did, so I'm sure Tyler Buckner did because they were pretty honest. Marcus Freeman was honest with them from the start. I'm getting a quarterback. Buckner was the MVP of the Gator Bowl, and, uh, of course, he moved on in the spring. I think it's great for game tape for other people. Now, if Steve Angeli's smart, he is the backup for next year. I mean, they have they have good young guys coming in behind him with C.J. Carr signing today, Kenny Minchie last year. But Angeli won the job over Minchie and kept the job as a backup. So, if you're if you're one play away as a redshirt sophomore from Notre Dame starting quarterback, I would at least stick it out through the spring and, and see how things go from there. He's not going to win the job, but do you stay as a backup quarterback to Riley Leonard, who is a very physical, rugged runner, and you maybe you'll get a few starts for Notre Dame, or as you said, is this your Notre Dame start, your chance to win, and a chance to start somewhere else? It probably depends on the type of offer Steve Angeli would get as opposed to, you know, Tyler Buckner, obviously, it didn't work out, but he got an out. You're not turning down Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Angeli probably won't get that. Can Steve Angeli go somewhere, start right away, 
or would he have to go to a Power 5 program and win a job? Maybe you're better off at Notre Dame where you know the quarterback coach, you you know the head coach, and, and you probably would be the guy to come in if Leonard gets hurt. So, obviously, the quarterback's more important than everybody else in any sport. Um, talk R.J. Oban, though, because, wow, I like that kid a lot. Yeah, and it's a good point, Chuck, because Javante Jean-Baptiste, the Ohio State transfer, uh, graduate transfer, he's playing in the bowl game, but this is his last game. He's, he's done. He's out of eligibility. He was the starting strong side end. The, re- the backup strong side end, who many people thought could be possibly a team captain next year, he's been a career backup, not Alessafa Mensa. He was a high, highly title recruit in 2019. They told him they were moving on as well, and I think R.J. Oban was one of the reasons they were looking to move on. They wanted to upgrade the portal. So he is a huge addition because Notre Dame lost both of their tag team strong side defensive ends. And they have a lot of good young defensive end talent, but it's kind of interesting. It's more of the smaller boundary edge pass rusher, what they call the Viper talent. They would have to develop some guys and put some weight on some people to play strong side end. So now you really only need one guy to do that if you have RJ Oban. That, that's, a, that's a big addition. And Javante Jean-Baptiste, he really helped his career by coming to Notre Dame. I'm sure that's a good selling point for Notre Dame right now. Uh, he, he was better than I thought he would be. And I think Notre Dame fans will always remember him for playing his absolute best against Ohio State. And then his next best against teams like Duke, Clemson, and Louisville, even when they lose those games. When you come to play in those games at USC, that makes Notre Dame fans like you forever, as opposed to guys that, of course, will play well when they're playing the, the Tennessee States and Central Michigans of the world. Wrapping up, a good friend, Tim O'Malley, Irish Illustrated. Okay, um, we're going to bounce around to some programs you don't cover, but you have some expertise in this. Uh, we're on in Tennessee. we got some affiliates. Holden Stays, ball player or just a guy? Yeah, you know what? Uh, very interesting. We love the guy as a receiver. Now, Holden State's had a breakout game against NC State. Four catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns. That's a good defense. He had 60 yards, Chuck, the rest of the year. I don't know how that works at tight end U, especially since Mitchell Evans got hurt uh, in October. He wanted to be a feature-wide receiver. They said, well, you're going to be one of our two with Eli Raritan, your classmate, and they bring in tight ends. Evans is still there, but he's out until midseason with an ACL. He wanted more. He's going to get his chance. I, I had him trending down as the year progressed, but I loved the guy in August, and I loved the guy in early September, so maybe he can recapture that. All right, well, Rocky Top's got him a tight end-ish player. Uh, what about the head coach? Uh, we're on in Alabama all throughout the state. There are a lot of Troy fans. Uh, Jared Parker, what do they got? Yeah, he's going to command the room. Uh, there was some conversation uh, around the beat writers at Notre Dame that he, he might be a better head coaching candidate than offensive coordinator candidate just because of kind of his – his overall ability to impress people, to recruit. I mean, people are going to love Jared Parker. He's very down to earth. He's got a lot of Marcus Freeman in him that way. Um, I would not look at Notre Dame's 39 points per game as being Jared Parker. I think they were about a 20-point-per-game offense against the great teams and a 50-point-per-game offense against the bad ones. So he's an offensive guy. Uh, he's got he's got a varied background. It's going to be interesting to see who he hires for those positions. But one of my favorite people to cover, uh, Notre Dame fans are, of course, an irrational bunch, and they were glad to see him go because they couldn't score against Louisville. All right. What about uh, the new OC? Because Marcus Freeman's going to third year, going to have third OC. Yeah, really interesting. I know they've targeted Kirby Moore at Missouri because, well, look at Missouri's offense. And Mike Denbrock, uh, who would be his third stint in South Bend if he were to leave Brian Kelly's. One of Brian Kelly's best friends. Uh, I know the joke right now in the message forge is can he bring Jaden Daniels with him? Because Mike Denbrock sure looked good with Jaden Daniels as his quarterback. But the Denbrock hire would be really interesting because, much like Al Golden, when he came in in Freeman's first year, Marcus Freeman is a defensive coach. He's got a lot of veteran defensive coaches. Does he need a veteran offensive coordinator? 
like Denbrock instead of a young up-and-comer like Kirby Moore. Like, there's there's different dynamics in coaching staff. So, those are the two they're targeting most. That's a little bit of a swing-for-the-fence situation. Um, I, Notre Dame will pay for its offensive coordinator this year. I think the Andy Ludwig scenario last year has taught them uh, how that's going to have to work going forward in the portal era, using the portal era every time we talk about money, Chuck. But I, those are the two guys I think they have targeted, and it would fans would probably be pretty disappointed if they go elsewhere unless it's a name that, uh, you know, a bigger name than I've said. So a couple of years in, a couple of full seasons, you know, to, to look at, you know, the resume, what does the general feel about Marcus Freeman? Because it's been, I mean, Notre Dame, you know, Bob Davey, um, George O'Leary, I mean, it's been everything all over the map as far as coaching hires over the last, say, 25 years. Uh, where are they a couple of years into Freeman? Yeah, this is a pretty important season coming up for Marcus Freeman, and that's why Riley Leonard is coming in. Um, you know, 10-3 10, 10 next year with an opening loss at A&M while you're breaking in a new quarterback. That's a, that's a rough opener, by the way, going to A&M and Mike Elko right now. That is not acceptable for Marcus Freeman as 10-3 and three will be this year. I think Notre Dame fans, they love Marcus Freeman, so 9-4 and four to 10-3 and three is like, all right, hey, he improved. You know, they, they beat USC. Uh, a couple ugly losses in there, but you – 12-team playoff next year, I think you're Marcus Freeman. you got to be in that 12-team playoff next year because the schedule, Chuck, has trended down these last couple of years of Ohio State, Clemson, and USC, plus Louisville getting good, NC State. I mean, next year, Florida State does come to Notre Dame in November. That's a big one. They open with A&M, and they end at USC, which is just a, a weird situation right now with USC. But the rest of the schedule is not the normal, oh, that's a little pitfall, that's a pitfall, that's a pitfall. The Irish really better be in contention for one of those 12 playoff spots when they go to USC, and then that's that's a hard game whether USC is actually good or just has talent because they play Notre Dame tough out there. All right, last thing for you, and I don't know if Marcus sits down and shares all the uh, you know the dossiers with you, but if you look at their high school recruiting, um, and that's not as I mean there are there's an additional level of NIL business with a college player because it could be his last season and it has to be, there's just a different dynamic there. When it comes to high school kids, I see North Carolina, I see Arizona, I see Virginia, I see Texas, I see Indiana, a little something for everybody. What are they selling? Because when I was growing up, it was the golden dome and Notre Dame and everything else. It really meant something. What is the message today? Does that hold in 2023? You know, they're trying to hold on to four for 40, four years at Notre Dame, 40 years for the rest of your life. Um, I think you got to sell that along with, hey, look at the people we're putting in the NFL right now. I mean, turn on the TV, you have Kyle Hamilton going to the Pro Bowl. You have Harrison Smith, one of the best safeties of the last decade. You have Julian Love picking off two passes. Come be a DB. You know, look at our defense. We have the number one ranked pass efficiency defense. What does Notre Dame have that for crying out loud? There's, you got to sell NFL along with it, but Notre Dame absolutely has to stay a little bit true to the four for 40 because they have to have a differentiator. Otherwise you're losing the NFL battle. When you say NFL, 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 and they say Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's the differentiator to this day. Tim, appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, Chuck. We'll talk to you. He is Irish illustrated. That's two, four, seven thing. So the four for 40, I remember uh, the rice head coach, David Bailiff back in the day, was talking about that, that concept. Except he was talking about it at Rice. Um, and do you know their spin at Rice was? See, they didn't have anything to sell other than the education, really, not really. Was, oh, we tell them, we expect that you'll pay back your scholarship. And I said, what? He said, we tell them you're going to be so successful in life that I think it was like, I don't know, 10 years or so. 
within 10 years of graduation, we expect that you donate back your scholarship. And I was like, okay, so another reason for the four-star running back from Houston to not go to Rice. Because in Austin, I don't think any part of the recruiting message was, and the bill comes due, son. Like, I, re- I remember understanding, like, Heath, you seem working there, right? You're going to be so successful that within 10 years, you'll be able to give back $300,000. I was like, I see the good part of the message. Maybe it's lost on a high school junior. Yeah, I'm not sure that philanthropy is top of mind for a lot of the uh, a lot of the guys who are trying to make sure they can afford the value meal when they uh, they go out with their buddies. And not a shortcoming on the kid either. He's kind of being what he's supposed to be at 17, going, oh, uh, but Curtis Ennis was a first round pick, right? Like, like that's he's wanting to know how many first round picks you had at his position from his school, and your dad played with his dad. All of that works. And I was like, I I don't have to pay back my education. And I'm glad because looking around, I was like, mm, kind of expensive these days. Um, but if you go to Rice, that was part of what they were talking about. At least at Notre Dame, at least they just, they limit it to maybe the positive spin of, hey, four years here, which is just a fairy tale. Like you should begin that recruiting pitch with once upon a time. Because he he just glazed over that. Did y'all catch one name he said, Tobias Merriweather? Go look at that kid. <laughs> it was supposed to work. Four for 40. If you spend four years at Notre Dame, it'll benefit you the next 40 of your life. And by the way, that's right. I know some, Wake Forest. I know somebody got hired because they had a Wake Forest diploma. We could hire anybody. That person graduated from Wake Forest. Yes, we'll bring a Wake Forest person into the fold. I get it. You got standards and you kind of know. Four years? Four, that's silly to be mentioning anything about four years. Now, it can be true for some kids because I would bet that, see, like senior day stinks now. Senior day is like Sam Hartman out there on senior day who's been on campus eight months. And there are still four, five, six kids who showed up in 2019 and four years later. That, like, that still exists a little tiny bit. And so for those kids, four years, yes, for the five of us versus just even a decade ago, it might be 17, 18, 19, 20. So, yeah, Meriwether, it was supposed to work, man. It did not. All right, we're going to break. Oh, gosh, look, we're going to wrap up the show next. to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. It's hard. And I like to say, oh, no, yeah, just, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you control the things you control. And, you know, we did everything that, that we needed to do to win 13 games this uh, this season. Um, now we get an opportunity to, to go get better. And so, uh, you know, it, it, you can't, it can't just, you know, be good when it sounds good. It's Mike Norvell, Florida State head coach. I think we recognize his voice a little bit. Uh, now he's one of those guys. It's not like Ed Ogeron where Chuck, why are you wasting time? Here's the thing to tell you about Norvell. Not that it's him. Um, it's real with him. Like everything he says that you hear from so many coaches 
Uh, if it's about leadership or inspiration or the right motivation or why you're doing something or what the opportunity is, do y'all remember there was a guy in, if you're younger than like 35, no chance, like there's a guy, Pat Croce. He used to be part owner of the 76ers. Heath, do you remember Pat Croce? Oh, yeah. He was a fitness guru guy. Had his uh, self-help book and the whole thing. Impossible to be around this guy and not be in a good mood. Like, it was real with Pat Croce. And I mean, like a genuinely nice guy that I, I was like, he had zero reason to be, like, take time for me. And I was like, he asked, Chuck, how are you doing? And, like, he waited on the answer. Like, I was like, this is different. Like, I get it. Mike Norvell, it's real with him. Like, when he talks about that stuff and teamwork and opportunity now, he also wishes he was in the playoffs and going for a 15-0 and season, and he's angry about it. And he, if he had a chance and he could get away with it and it was the purge, he would stab somebody in the neck. Um, I don't know that last part. But all of that's true, too. He's an uber competitor. But when he talks about that, you know, sort of rah-rah stuff, that's my opinion is it's real with him. Uh, that's been my consistent uh experience or being told by folks and so i'm just a big fan of his uh two 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 he said what was it five five stars have left yes um the uh, end of the year at usc at usc five five star recruits have left the southern cal football program i said i just spun the wheel landed on kentucky i didn't mean to pick on you i said i bet chuck throw out a name right kentucky's never had five five stars in their history Going back to the modern recruiting era, which is 2000 and forward, Antonio Hall, class of 2000, he got five stars. Played in Canada for a while. Micah Johnson got five stars. He was a linebacker back in 06. Um, those, that's it. They have had two five stars at Kentucky. So the mental wheels landed on UK, and I got that one right. Hey, what's up? Got a couple of things here. Quick uh, little grab bag of a couple of things. One uh, just has come down here in the last little bit that uh, for South Carolina, Jalen Nichols, who was supposed to be their left tackle this year, got injured in their spring game, never got to play for them this year, but has started at guard and was supposed to start at left tackle in the SEC, entering the transfer portal. And that's an interesting thing because they thought he was going to be back for them starting at tackle next year. So you wonder if maybe somebody out there needs alignment and didn't get what they needed on signing day and uh, let it be known, hey, uh, you know, there could be an opportunity for you somewhere. Also, Chuck, uh, Derek King, remember him? Yeah. Oh, uh, he got his knee injured a couple of times, right? Got his knee injured with the Canes, was playing for the Canes, a starter for the Canes as recently as 2021. Derek King is now your quarterback's coach at SMU. Not not grad assistant, not guy on the staff, you know, doing some analytics work. Bonafide quarterbacks coach for Rhett Lashley at SMU two years after he was playing. That That is an impressive rise right there. You don't see that every day. Um, no, and he's from the area, obviously. He was at, tech, at Houston before, and so that's always going to be part of it, but that's just not normal um, because that's not wide receiver or running back. So we talked about that yesterday. That, that's That's not normal, man. No, it's not, and especially... He was always described as a not normal kid, though. Yeah, especially for a guy who didn't play at the school. It's not like, oh, we're, we're, we're making some goodwill. No, yeah, you're right. Guy. Yes, yes. Uh, so th- that's just one of those names you hear. You say, okay, file that one away. Three years from now, somebody's going to be talking about him for bigger things. Last thing for you, Chuck, you are not a man of violence by nature. No. And you love animals. So uh. you would never attack an animal on your own. But if you had to win a fight with an animal for something that mattered, and yeah. it was it was not your initiation, 
but you have to win a fight with an animal. What animal do you think is the biggest animal you could win a fight with? Okay, is that rub the belly thing true for an alligator? I've never tried. But have you heard it, though? That, that supposedly you could... You Put could, it to sleep by rubbing its belly? So you, you, you want to try a gator? You think you could beat a gator? I mean, it, if it, it's it, it true, doesn't have to be a twelve foot gator. It could be a six foot gator. If it's, you could name the yeah, size of your gator. Yes, if it's a six foot gator and the fall asleep thing is true. Yes. All right. So Louisville offensive lineman Eric Miller was asked after one of his teammates suggested that he could uh, beat maybe a tiger. I believe it was. Oh. Uh, Eric Miller, the offensive lineman, was asked for the biggest animal he thought he could beat, and he said, and I quote, "He feels he could take a manatee, but would have to work out quote the whole underwater thing." Man thinks he can win a fight with a manatee, Chuck. I don't know if manatees fight so much, but manatees weigh about 1,200 pounds. Here's the part I love, though. This is the perfect offensive lineman mentality. He's thinking, I got to go in the water and fight the manatee. No, no, no. You got to make the manatee come on land. The manatee weighs 1,200 pounds. Get the manatee on land. Don't try to win the battle with him in the trenches, but that's how linemen think. Since the Florida State spring game about seven years ago, I've been trying to find a new favorite player than Kalon LeBourne. I think I find my new favorite college football player because of that. Thank you so much, Heath. Wraps it up on a Wednesday. He, me, Hopper, everybody, back tomorrow. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com.